0: Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being
1: preached. Hello everyone. Um, I'm really excited to be preaching tonight and to be here. And uh, that is just a picture of uh, my family on our very recent December holiday. So I'm married to Herki and we have a little girl named Emma. Um, She's 17 months old and she's recently expanded her vocabulary to include Nia and Nilakani. So (laughs) that is bringing some new challenges. Um, We're also expecting a little baby boy who is due in April, so we're very excited about that as well. I hope that all of you, um, even if you didn't go away, had some time to rest in December and come back. Uh, into this new year, ready for all the different roles that you need to take on. So, for me, I'm a wife, a mother, um, an employee, and even in our Christian walk, we have a lot of different roles that we take on. So, sometimes we are the disciple; sometimes we are being, um, we are discipling others. Or even I'm preaching tonight. Other times, I'm sitting listening to the sermon. And in some of those roles, uh, I feel fairly confident some of the time. But there's one specific role that I've really never felt quite confident in. Um, And that is this role of being a witness. And it's really actually um, something that's always frustrated me when we speak about it. And I feel um, really burdened by it. So I want you to just take a quick moment and think for yourself, if you need to make a picture of a witness in your head, um, what would that picture look like? Um, Philip, you can put on those. So I've put some pictures on here. Uh, So, you know, if we look at it, it's someone speaking over a megaphone, um, definitely proclaiming Jesus, others just having coffee children having fun, and um, Reynard Bonnke preaching to thousands of people. So if you can go to the next slide. I'm pretty sure that all of you would choose those pictures on the left. I mean, they are definitely witnesses. But maybe we wouldn't choose the ones on the right because the two people having coffee, you know, they might be having too much fun to be talking about something serious like God. And the children definitely look like they are just playing so basically what I'm trying to get to is the fact that I believe we have some misconceptions of what it means to be a witness. And um, if, if those pictures on the left are our only understanding of what it is to be a witness, then it will become a very burdensome task. And especially for some types of personalities who are not confident or, um, with speaking in, tho- in front of thousands of people. So I would like us to just read um, from Isaiah 43, verse 10. It says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. And I've been reading this scripture um, for quite a while, and for very long, it really felt like a very big burden to me. I was definitely not excited about this and about what God is saying. And I want us to um, quickly read from verse 1 to 10 as well. It's quite a long um, piece, but just, um, yeah, let's just read together. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, "'Fear not, for I have redeemed you. "'I have called you by your name. "'You are mine. "'When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. "'And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. "'When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, "'nor shall the flame scorch you. "'For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. "'I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sebia in your place.' Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not um, keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him, yes, I have made him. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know me and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. And when I read this, I cannot help but think of very similar commands in the New Testament. And do you hear God calling his nations together and saying that we are his witnesses to the ends of the earth? So if, you, if we read from um, Luke 24, verse 44 to 48, it says, Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened the understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And also in Acts 1 verse 8 it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So clearly it's not something that we can ignore. Um, God is quite clear About it, and I think um, my own burden with this has been the fact that my gifting does not necessarily lie in the area of evangelism. And um, sorry, I just need to think what I wanted to say. But but what um, you know, the scripture doesn't say you are my witnesses if you if you have the gift of an evangelist. It says you are my witnesses, and so for all of us, it doesn't necessarily seem that it comes so naturally. So, um, after meditating about this a bit more and this thing about that we are His witnesses, I thought, you know, maybe it's not as complicated as we make it to be. Um, And if I think of an everyday example of a witness, so my husband is a lawyer and he often asks me to sign as a witness for him on a document. And at first I protested, I was like, no, I have no idea what it says in the document, I can't sign this, I'm not going to read it and I can't do it. And then he explained to me that I am just witnessing the fact that he signed the document. So I was like, okay, well, that makes it relatively easy then because I saw him sign the document so I can be a witness to it. Um, And if we think about it, you know, by default, our lives are constantly witnessing different stuff. And if um, you see a good movie or you go to a restaurant, you cannot help but tell others about it. But when we read in Isaiah, we see that He's quite clear that we are His witnesses and that He's the only God. We are witnesses to Him. So I'd like to show you some clips. I've asked some people in church just to share a bit um, different stories. So, um, yeah, I would like us to just watch that together.
0: What stand out for me are those times where God helped me without me even asking him or realizing that I would need it. I traveled travelled quite a bit the last two years for work. And early January last year, I was in Cape Town on a project for a few weeks throughout the week. And yeah, I was going through a difficult time personally. And there's a girl, um, a colleague of mine that was also put on that project now I didn't really know her or knew that she was she is a born again believer and has such a compassionate and caring heart. And yeah, it was it was such provision from the Lord. Um I needed that prayer and comfort and encouragement at that time. Um and I really see God's hand in sending her to be there every day while I'm away from, from my family um, or community here in Joburg. So I've really seen in multiple ways or multiple times where the Lord has provided and helped me by sending people on my way, along my way, even if it's for a short time,
2: um, yeah, he's always helped me and provide. Hello, my name is Danielle, and I'm here to share of how God helped me in a difficult situation. So last year I joined a new company, and um, it's a small company, family owned, and yeah. So where I sit in the office, um, the people around me, they say the Lord's name. Uh, a lot and they also swear a lot and after a couple of months I couldn't take it anymore so I addressed two of those guys and um, not about the swearing but about the uh, saying the Lord's name and um, after I did that the like two days later um, our big boss's daughter sent out an email to the whole company saying um, the workplace is not a place for religion, and um, she was basically standing up for for these people, um, and it's because she also speaks the same way as, as they do. So yeah, it was hectic, and um, yeah, so, and then for months after she sent that email, that whole team, and including the daughter, um, was so mean to me. They... Oh, they were mean to me. They they didn't they acted funny towards me and they didn't hide it that they didn't like me. And yeah, it, it was just really unpleasant uh, to come to work and to deal with these people. Um, then I read this book, uh, The Power of Blessing, and um, I started to stay... Uh, at work after everyone had left, and I would go to the desks of these people, and I would speak blessings over them, and, yeah, God, He did three things, He, He changed my heart, and my mindset towards these people, Um, yeah, I no longer hated them, but, and I wanted them to succeed, I I was rooting actually for them, and uh, wanting them to get to know God, and and then he changed the, the way that they speak. So, yeah, um, they they rarely say these words anymore. Um, and when they do, I I pray for them. And I, I still, I bless them. Um, they can't hear me, obviously. But, yeah, and then the third thing is he changed their attitude and behavior towards me immediately. It was as if... Um, nothing of this had happened. Um, yeah, even to this day, it's so easy now to work with them. And yeah, so I just want to say God can really come in and change a situation and yeah, you he really helps me and all praise be to God.
3: Hi guys, my name is Bernay. Um Just want to briefly share with you a situation I found myself in a couple of months ago a bit of a difficult spot and I think what's what was interesting about this spot is that it was a bit self-induced um it wasn't just something that was brought on me to me from the outside um at work basically I pursued a rather large deal um in good faith you know I had all the best intentions um and it all went horribly south and when it dawned on me what happened, I was just so shocked and horrified, and lots of emotions going through me about, you know, the disappointment. Um, it didn't just stop there, and days and weeks went by, and the, the repercussions just like kept crashing over me. Um, Self doubt, uh, doubt with my my time with God, my where where life is headed, my my. Some, some of the future items, my just my personal growth. So many things just washes over you. And in the middle of this, you've got a good time with God, but still these things just sort of hammer you. Um, all of this sort of culminated in a, in a board meeting a couple of weeks after this, where all the implications were laid bare. Um, and after this, I was just completely broken. I just almost didn't know where to turn. I um, came home that day just uh, completely broken. Uh, broken man and my wife had to pick up the pieces of me and straight away I just actually took time out with God, cried before him, cried with him and uh, the peace that overwhelmed me straight away was just incredible. I was just so thankful for a lot of things. Um, Why thankful? Um, Well I was in a difficult spot, a very difficult spot Um, and usually I'm the kind of guy that that just sort of says, you know, there's a tough situation, let's just learn from it, uh, deal with it, let's move on. I'm the, I'm the let's move on kind of guy. And this was one of the situations where moving on wasn't just an option. Um, God had to bring me to a place where he had to expose a few things in me. Maybe there are other ways of doing this. Obviously, I was a bit too stubborn. Um, but he had to expose a few things, a few crucial things. I was incredibly thankful for that. Very, very, very thankful for that. Um, I wasn't just thankful for him salvaging the situation um, and making good of the situation, or turning it into the best outcome in the natural. But I was just so, so thankful that uh, that he brought me to this place of exposing it and brought me to a place of surrender. And God basically saying, I cannot let you continue like this. And the moment um, I sat with him that morning. The, the gratitude of his goodness just filled my heart and said Lord <laughs> I, just, I just can't imagine having continued like this um, without this being actually exposed in this way and uh, thank you for salvaging the situation a little bit um, something that is, doesn't just fade away but mostly thank you for for allowing me to be, to be transformed in this in, a, in, a, in an incredible way that's it
1: um yeah so for me there's so much that i can take from all of these stories but the one main thing for me is that in all these stories and even everyone we were um listening to tonight who was sharing a testimony god is the hero of their story and they could have easily chosen you know especially danielle could have made herself the main character in the story saying she was reading this book and that's why they changed but Um, how she was telling it, she was saying God did all of these things. So all of them made God the hero of the story. And when we make ourselves the center of our failure or successes, we are not being witnesses to God. Remember, it says that you are my witnesses, and it's not about what we have done, um, but about what he has done and we are so often tempted to make ourselves the hero of our stories or to even try and be the hero of someone else's story so um you must forgive me i'm a business analyst so i enjoy seeing stuff in process flows so i've just made a simple process of how i see this (laughs) so basically there's a certain event that happens Um, it can be a good or bad event and then we have this decision that we need to make and that is How do we retell the story? So we can choose to do it in a God-centered way, which would lead to witnessing. And then who knows what the ripple effect of that would be? Or we can choose to tell it in a man-centered way, which can often lead to complaining or sadness or just a normal, boring story even. So um, after university, I took a gap year with Global Challenge. And a team of us traveled to about 14 different countries. So as you can imagine, there were many different, um, well, lots of adventures associated to this year, and so often I'm tempted, depending on who I talk to, uh, adapt my stories a bit. So if I talk to non-believers, you know, I want to focus more on the adventure side and where we went, and when I talk to believers, then I'll talk about the spiritual side, but um, that is just telling my stories in my own self-centered way. So it's once again, not me being a witness, and Um, sometimes our pride and our self-centeredness is actually what is withholding us from from being witnesses of what God has done. Um, I've had many experiences of things that have brought me closer to God, but I don't see them as testimonies because I'm so stuck on the fact that it highlights my own sins and failures. And these stories are sort of like overshadowed by my own failures But if something has brought me closer to God, then surely um, that is a testimony in itself. Um, And I really believe that when this is the case, when we have these stories, that we must ask God to rewrite those stories for us and to really help us to reinterpret them. Um, Because, you know, we all have many stories, and some of our stories are of failures, maybe because of our own mistakes or even other people's mistakes. Uh, But... Jesus can change the narrative of the story. He has the power to change the narrative and to help us to really reinterpret the story so that our failure is not the main event in the story, but rather that Jesus is the main event and he, um, we see it from his perspective. So even, um, you know, when I was listening to Bernays' story, where in some aspects when everything was going wrong, um, he definitely, you know, felt in some aspects like he failed. But already in allowing God to help him to reinterpret it, he can already share about it. And even from a place of thankfulness, he's like thanking God for what he has done for him. And, you know, when I was um, preparing for the sermon, I was just once again challenged with looking at some of my own stories with sadness and thinking, why did God allow me to go through this thing? Um, but I just realized once again, the the depths of sin that all of us have been saved from. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, and if you realize that, then it's almost like you can't help, but you want to share about it. Um, and you want to share of how great he is and what he's done and how he has saved you from your own sin. So we don't have to be scared of our own sins and failures, and that shouldn't be withholding us from being witnesses. And somehow um, in our culture, we've created this idea that uh, we can only witness and share about stuff that we've already experienced victory in. Uh, But it's a very dangerous idea. Uh, It creates this triumphalist culture, which will always exclude some people from being witnesses. But uh, it is clear that if you're part of the body of Christ, then, then you are not excluded from this. And if we look at verse 1 to 3 again, or 2 and 3, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flame scorch you. So clearly when God was giving this commandment and prophesying through Isaiah, he was definitely not thinking that we should be witnesses of this prosperity gospel, um, but rather that we are witnesses of the fact that is with us in the waters and in the river and in the fire. And I've asked Grieta, Greta, um, send me a clip as well. Uh, they, she will explain a bit, but they've had a very difficult year. And, you know, they've really had a year of going through those fire and water and river moments. So, um, yeah, I would just like us to watch her video clip as well.
4: Of last year, our seven-month-old son, Ruach, was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And we spent a month in hospital with him for treatment. So, cystic fibrosis is a genetic condition um, that he will have for the rest of his life. Unless God heals him, which we know he can do supernaturally. But we also know that God's way is higher than our way. And that he can choose to use this as a testimony for his life. So the question is, how did we experience God in this time? And I think the short answer would be much different than we thought we would have beforehand. We didn't always experience him in the emotional way um, that We often expect to experience God as Charismatics. Um, My husband refers to it as levels of grace and that's definitely the way we experience God in this time. The first level was circumstances, the way he led us to Johannesburg from the Midlands, which was a perfect setting for raising a family, but he led us to move at the beginning of last year knowing that Ruach was going to be diagnosed and setting up everything that we needed um, for him to get the best treatment in South Africa, the best specialist, living 20 minutes drive from the best hospital for his treatment. Um, The second layer is community. God set up an amazing community of people, our church community, our soul group, friends, that really carried us through this time. And I think, especially when you are going through, uh, as they say, the dark night of the soul, the hands and feet of Jesus is one of the biggest ways that you experience God physically because your emotions are just all over the place. So you often do feel disconnected from God, but Jesus's hands and feet just draw you back to Him every time. And the third level um, is Ruach's name. So cystic fibrosis is a condition that specifically affects the lungs and respiratory system. And Ruach's name means the life-giving breath of God. So, even before Ruach was born, God led us to choose His name, to proclaim over His life that His breath is already in Him. doesn't matter what the medical diagnosis is. So, to...
1: Um, Yeah, so... Once again, you know, they, she can choose to tell that story in a lot of different ways. But even without the promise of supernatural healing, they still choose to see it in a way of God providing for them in all these different ways. And um, when Greta sent me the video, she was saying uh, something she couldn't fit in was the fact that um, it wasn't an emotional thing that they experienced God. It was a choice they made that He is who He says He is. And after that, the emotions followed sometimes. But it's once again that choice that we need to make to say that God is still the hero of our story. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. And, you know, I think... um, the first church really understood this concept of suffering and witnessing a lot better than we do. And they understood the cost of what it means to be a witness. And they were willing to be killed for, for being a witness. They saw people around them being killed, but they were so sure of what it is that they saw and experienced that they almost couldn't hold back. And in fact, um, the Greek word for witness is martyras, which you can guess is where martyr also comes from. So these were, have always been synonymous concepts with each other. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, this is not a very comforting idea. Um, but I think, you know, if all of this is making you feel a little bit overwhelmed, um, we must know that we are not alone in this journey. And, and um, the scripture says that you are my witnesses, which is in plural, And my servant, which is singular. So we are many witnesses, but we are still part of one body. So we are witnessing from the body, and we are still all together here, we are part of the body of Christ. And you know, there's um, incredible power in what we are doing when we are witnessing. And if you remember, we read from Acts 1 with verse 8, where it says, um, You will receive power from the Holy Spirit and be my witnesses to all the nations. So we are witnessing in power, which makes it a lot different to anything else that we are witnessing of. And I would just like to read um, a small section from a book for you uh, that I've recently read by Bill Johnson called Release the Power of Jesus. So I'm I'm skipping some of the stuff um, above it, but I'm sure you'll understand what what he's saying. So for the next few moments, I meditated on this phrase, asking the Holy Spirit to help me understand what he meant. A few hours later, the answer walked right through my office door. One of the men in the church, whom I'll call Jim, stopped by to share testimony of how God had powerfully restored his marriage. After he finished the story, he said, Bill, you have my permission to tell this testimony to anyone you know who needs to hear it. This statement suddenly connected the dots for me. Testimony and prophecy had always been important elements of the Christian life. But in this moment, I realized that this man was telling me that I could use his testimony to prophesy over people. A testimony then becomes catalytic in its ability to bring about a change of atmosphere in the present, making room for a supernatural release. Jim had instinctively made two assumptions. First, that if God had done this great thing for him, he would surely do it for others. And second, that declaring the testimony was the vehicle by which the promise would be transmitted to others in need. And I think, um, once again, you know, the, the thing that strikes me about this story is that um, it's a seemingly normal story that this guy is telling. You know, we hear it all the time. Um, But God is, again, the hero of the story, and also the fact that he was willing to be vulnerable. You know, he was willing to let his story be shared to many other people, even people that he doesn't know, because he realizes the power that there is in being a witness. Um, And we know that because it is God that is witnessing through us, we can have faith and believe that if he's done something for someone, he can surely do it for us as well, or he can do it for someone else. So... I really hope that, um, you know, we are getting to a place where we can start to be excited about this prospect of witnessing and um, of sharing your stories, because that is what it is, you know. It's sharing, just sharing our stories in a God-centered, he's the hero kind of way, and that we would really trust him with our failures and allow him to rewrite our stories for us, and that we will realize that there is power in, in it and what it can mean for others. And that we will know that being a witness is, is part of our identity as a Christian as well. Um, and, you know, I really believe that if you feel like you lack something, if you feel like you lack, um, you need a platform or you need boldness or um, whatever it is, if you feel you need to ask God to bring to remembrance stories for you of what He's done, then we, that we should do that. We should ask Him for those things.